So one of these days... <laughs> no. How synchronized. I know. One of these days, I'm going to mix up my water and my hand sanitizer, and it's going to be funny. You know what's... It will be, but... I no, I mean, Noosh, look at the bottles of the things you're talking about. There's like... I'd- I'm just waiting for Water. you to take my sanitizer. And hand sanitizer. How are you going to, like, oh, I'm gonna, thirsty. Gonna uh, squirt it into your mouth? He's going to, I'm thirsty. Uh. You know what I did, actually, one time when I was really drunk? Like, not in high school, okay, but in high school. Right. Uh, I had, like, a toothpaste dispenser that was kind of like a soap thing mm-hmm. and a soap thing. They were, like, similar. They were tubey things. And I spent what felt like an eternity. It was probably, like, five minutes. Just, like holding both of them, not really sure which one I was supposed to use for toothpaste. And I was just like, oh, man. I chose right, I think. I mean, I didn't, I don't really remember. remember. Well, still- I don't remember the taste of soap, so I'm assuming well, it was. Well, there you go. That, yeah. That's a good way to judge it. As long as you remember the taste, I'm sure that's cool. Yeah. Even if it was soap, I mean. Yeah. You're, you're still here. No so that's, that's what counts, I guess. was still clean. Barely. <laughs> yeah. Soapy. Have you ever had yes. your mouth washed out with soap as a kid? Have you? I did once. My mom did. She Dang, actually did what that. did you wow. do? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah. said like a bad word or something. I don't know. I, don't I never remember. got my mouth washed with soap, but my mom did cross the house one time because I called my brother a mofo, and I didn't know, what, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant at the time. We were like, we were just like hanging out somewhere, and I was like, shut up, mofo. Mofo. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. I had just heard it. And my mom like walks out of the kitchen, walks all the way around the house, comes in there, and just like comes up to me, and she's like, <laughs> don't you ever call your brother that again and I was like I hope okay, she doesn't watch Mom. this video because she's going to deny it deny 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 yeah. but well she's yeah she's probably going to watch the video and she's going to listen because you know she's our biggest fan now <laughs> it's true <laughs> my mother will yeah. never hear what we do you here you won't let her I won't never. let her but I'm glad that your mom I, at least one of our moms I two think of my, my your mom, mom does also. Yeah, yeah see our moms are like, <laughs> know our shame yeah but, you know, your no. mom's – I don't want your mom to know my shame either. Yeah. She has a really high opinion of me. Yeah, she does. Yeah. So, higher than you sometimes and because yeah. you're – she looks – she talks to me and she's like, oh, what's his problem? I don't yeah. understand <laughs> him. Does. And I'm like, I don't know either. He's a weird kid. Yeah. It's true. They have moments where where they both realize, like, ah, my son, my best friend, they're really, he's a really weird person. Like, he's, he's got a lot of <laughs> mental issues. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I'm uh, What's your, a yeah. little depressed. <laughs> Elaborate. Uh, okay, so last week, continuing the story from last week, I right. got in an accident last week. Uh, talked to my insurance, talked to her insurance. Are you drawing a steering wheel for me? I was going to try to draw a car wreck, but my skills, my drawing skills are not very <laughs> draw good. A car, wreck. a car wreck with your. I was going to try to draw it, but I. Uh, yeah. Never also, mind. I'm really trying to make a point of not doing this right now because I notice in like all of our videos, I'm like messing <laughs> with the cord. Uh, okay, so I talked so to the insurance. What should you do with your hands? Stop. Stop. <laughs> Hold on to the mic. That way, you know. It's a very, so, <laughs> it's a very eager mic. Yeah, it is. This thing keeps trying to hit me in the face. No, it's trying to get in your mouth. That's what it's trying to do. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so talked to the insurance. This lady is, was, like, denying. Why do I keep doing this? This lady <laughs> was denying liability. <laughs> The Trump uh, quotes, yeah. Denying. So it turned into this whole thing, and it took forever. Uh, but now they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to pay for it. It's her fault. Right? Great. There you go. Justice. Justice. I shouted justice when I heard you did. that. You I did. did. <laughs> the only, I think the, the other time in my life I've ever felt justice more was when I was driving 
north on the 405, 3 a.m. I think it was home from your house. And, you know, it's, like, super dark. There's no one around on the freeway. And then there's, like, one guy. And he's, like, just drives up and cuts me off, like, so close. And he goes. And I'm just, like, I literally do this. What the fuck? And then a motorcycle (laughs) cop pulls up right next to me and goes... (laughs) <laughs> and then pulled the guy over. No way, nice. dude! Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. It's like my favorite cop story, dude. Sometimes they're cool. Finally, uh, there's one when you need one. Yeah, <laughs> I looked around like, dude, who's gonna, dude, like administer some justice for me, dude? I feel like if you got a picture of that guy, we can make like a cool cop meme. Yeah, like, he he was a li- real life meme for yeah. sure. Officer but. Justice. <laughs> I called him Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon? Because he did this thing. Uh, so anyway, continuing on with my accident right. thing. Uh, my truck's been, like, driving okay. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Finally, I'm going to get it fixed. Sweet. I'm excited. Then as I'm driving it down here today, it starts, like, making this rattling sound. And it smells <laughs> like it's on fire. And, you know, I got a check engine light now. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make it home. I'm terrified a little bit. Terrified is not the word, but it's... So if I'm a little depressed, it's, that's why. Because I'm probably going to die later tonight. Um, R.I.P. We, you know, we were talking all about us doing like our, our, our best British accent. And uh, by the way, I mean, I think we joked around about this on other episodes, but whenever <clears throat> I do my best British accent, it is an Indian accent. It is... I mean, it's, <laughs> for, for somebody like me, the best British is going to be... A well, it's okay. Indian. Indian. Yeah. It's a Actually, more... you break the mold, Courtney. I break the sou- mold? Well, because you're South Asian also, but you yeah. don't. You can do a British accent. You can... Not really. Not I was really. going to say, I comes... my, my Indian accent has gotten better as I've gotten older. Oh. <laughs> it comes more naturally to white people. <laughs> it's in our blood somewhere. Well, uh, so the, here's, here's, the, <laughs> here's the British quote, but it's going to sound Indian. That is what I thought of when you were talking about your car making like a death rattle, like dying on the way here. Yeah. I just imagined like, hold on, I have to look at this. Hold on. It's, uh, it's, oh no, no, oh no, this is battery fluid. Number Johnny Five is bleeding. <laughs> that was really oh. not British. I know. That was not not British. And you probably chose the most racist Indian. Yeah, that <laughs> was, that was, the one where the one, bad. the one movie where the white guy is playing the Indian That's guy. True. Yeah. Steven. But that is what my British accent sounds like, so. There that was I, I'm true. I mean, listen, listen. There's literally no such thing as me doing that because that's the best I've got. That is, I am, <laughs> I am the. Imbi- listen, it's like Aziz being told to do the voice. He does the, the voice. voice, you know. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone else have anything that's not depressing or about my life that we can talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Both of these intros, the last episode and this one, have been like, "Oh, yeah. Ryan, your life is." Well, you went through an accident. You went through an We're accident. We're trying to give you support <laughs> by laughing at me. And yes, if it so, makes you feel better, I was almost in a car accident where I died the other day. Um, you were in a car accident. And you we almost, almost died, or we you were, were almost, almost in a car either accident. Either both. About both. We were probably almost in a car accident when you would have almost died. <laughs> That's not good. It that doesn't make survive. me feel better at all. <laughs> this is why, Miles, this is why, Miles, maybe by being on this show, you can work on your comedy because then you can differentiate between what's like, Miles, that's not funny. I'm not laughing at your near-death experience. Hey, but comedy and tragedy equals time that's is what Woody Allen said one time. Huh? That's true. <laughs> um, but no, this car had pulled out in front of us, and I was in a car with my cousins. And the kind of funny thing that happened before that is we were leaving a house and we had told the guy whose house we were leaving, we were like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens to us on the way out. (laughs) 
course, we're leaving. This car pulls out of a driveway, jumps into the lane, and then drifts into our lane. And if you ever meet my cousin, my cousin literally loves his car more than he probably loves people. And he will not let anything happen to his car. So he decided to drive into the opposing traffic to avoid Jesus. this guy. That's He's like, no, <laughs> we're all going out. It's literally like an action movie because I thought we if were he's in, going out, if he's if his car's going down, he has to go down. I thought we were in the Fast and the Furious and I thought we were about to like jump, <laughs> jump a car or <laughs> he thought he was Vin Diesel and we were going to crash and oh, all live. And he just pulls into the opposing tra- traffic and we're just like yeah! all the way to the end of the opposing traffic and then we're like, Oh my god! Oh my god! We're still alive. <laughs> he was. Why was that, that the best? Yeah, we were like, why is that the best idea? <laughs> That's insane. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's start this thing, and uh, you start this thing because you got a long, nooshy story to tell. Yes, I do. Let's go crazy! Welcome to another episode of Welcome to the After Party. <laughs> I'm your host, Danushka Kumar Singh. Week. I literally, I literally read your Taco Bell. Cup. I, re- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. You did it too fast. I wanted yeah. to be like, show me what you got, and then I could have followed uh, up with that by saying, "Do you like Boo. what I got? <laughs> Do you like what I got?" Disqualified. <laughs> uh, and. I, I just said I, I I just introduced myself and that's the part where <laughs> you didn't introduce, did you I, I yeah, did I just did. oh yeah. oh well I'm dropping not the ball. paying attention <laughs> dropping the ball Ryan Walters I'm Courtney <laughs> and I'm Miles great and uh, Courtney why am I always saying my last name it's because you do <laughs> yeah well you yeah, should he does. I do we're I'm, the same person I guess yeah <laughs> be somebody else should I be saying my last name well I feel like it adds an air of like professionalism should, or something you want to make this show name? professional Noosh I don't know. Is it way past that? We were just we discussing before you came in here how Courtney's always talking about pubes or like <laughs> penises. She's the pube girl is what have I you, I do not want here. that as a nickname. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Miles. Miles, have you heard the show since Courtney's been on? No, I haven't had Okay, because you were literally right before like Courtney, I think like like an episode or two before Courtney yeah. became like regular host. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what she brought to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Writing letters in menstrual blood. Yeah. That was a thing she talked about. Yeah. Actually, there's kind of a recurring theme with Courtney, I noticed. Yeah. It began with that was restroom the, etiquette and it ended with period That blood. was the argument Ryan was making well, before. It ended yeah. with penis museums. Oh, yeah. penis, museum. penis, penis museums. Penis museums. Well, so what's your what's your thing for today? What's, what's, oh, okay. So what's your um, version of my thing today? My yeah. version of your thing is um, we need a name for this thing, by yeah. the way, so we can refer to it. Yeah, that way we can stop calling it my thing. The thing. <laughs> the thing. Um, okay, so if this were friends, okay, oh, good um, choice. You, Noosh, would be Joey. I'm Joey. I think you're yeah, Joey. That kind of makes sense. You're yeah. Joey. Listen, I always want to be Chandler, but I can. I I am Joey on this. Yeah. Show. Please tell me I'm Chandler because he wants to be Chandler. Well, I was going back and forth 
Between, yeah, you're Ross. <laughs> I was thinking between Ross and Chandler, but yeah. I, I settled on Chandler. Chandler. I think Chandler. Yes. Hey. Eat it. Ross is <laughs> cooler. Eat it, Joey. Ross is cooler, though. Ross is cooler? Ross and Chandler. No, no, actually, I'm lying. Chandler is literally the definition of cool. Yeah, Everybody on who watched that show wants to be Chandler. Yeah. Guaranteed. Chandler's pretty pretty awesome. But, but uh, as, an adult, as, as an adult, I've come to really appreciate Ross, like, a lot. Like, Ross yeah. is Yeah, amazing. I mean, no, he's, he's got his he's yeah. got his He has his yeah. moments, but Ross... Ross and Phoebe have always kind of been my least favorite of the Dude, characters. actually, Rachel's my least favorite. Really? Only because Rachel? Rachel has Rachel is presented as the access character. She is the normal one in the group. Everybody else has got like something weird going on. But uh, well, she but is. she's not. You should probably let her say who she is before uh, you start talking blind. shit about people. <laughs> I was gonna say Rachel. Rachel. Damn, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Great setup, Mitch. You're like, <laughs> she's like boring Listen, she's and an access character. I hate she's her. No she personality. She's too, funny. She's too vanilla. Yeah. Uh. I think she's a lesbian. I don't know. <laughs> she keep breathing. You she did keep... think that about them. So, yeah. <laughs> we were on a break. break. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that. Um so I guess since you're our guest, oh, and you are uh, you are you here said though, he would, he would, uh, you could be um, Gunther for today. Gunther, actually, dude, Gunther. that's crazy. He he would be a real like he would be Gunther. I think yeah. <laughs> I would be Gunther. Yeah, kind of because you you kind of bring that tone, that presence. You know, I don't know. Uh, that's the vibe I get. I mean, if I had to think of anybody else, you'd be. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'd be Gunther. 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 Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I haven't watched much Friends, so I'm not even sure. Oh, you should, <laughs> but. Uh, all the yeah. kids are discovering it. I know. Now. All, I know. All the kids. Are it's the new it. thing. Kaylee, you know, Kaylee, when she's here, she is obsessed with that show. Did she, she, she loves it. Did she ask you though, uh, like, um, oh hey, auntie? Did, did she call you auntie? <laughs> no. What did she call you? Courtney. Auntie. 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 That's Courtney. Rude. Courtney? Disrespectful. No. Um, I prefer it that way. Really? Yeah. I, I, you don't want to be like Aunt Courtney. I have, no. Aunt Courtney. Auntie Courtney. <laughs> and I never called any of my aunts or uncles that too. My mom. Before we were even born, she asked all of the people that would be involved, like, do you want them to call you aunt or uncle? And they said no, so we didn't co- grow up calling them that. I have So a, your uncle comes over and you're just like, sup, Joey, or whatever yeah. your name is? Oh. I have uh, aunts who are like two, three years, four years younger than me, and I still refer to them as Nanda, which means like elder aunt, <laughs> like revered aunt in, in Sinhala. I still call them that to their like chagrin, you know, like because yeah. it, it makes them sound really old. You know, last year I found out um, that I became an, and not only an, an aunt, but a great aunt as well. Wow. I found my uh, long-lost half-brother. Oh, nice. And so he has three daughters, and one of his daughters has two sons. So, yeah. Huh. <laughs> We're having some weird I know. What sounds. is that sound? Yeah. What's the- oh. Oh, sorry. Oh. There we go. This is a small thing, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, it irritated your sensibilities. Well, I mean, you know what? Normally, I, I always say I don't, don't call attention to anything that happens peripherally, but it was you know metal on like hard surface metal plastic is like really it's yeah it, it, it <laughs> yeah. hits you right in the pain center of the brain, right, right, yeah. in right the pain through center. your headphones right. in the yeah pain center right into the the amygdala. That would be is weird. That, that, is that really the amygdala, amygdala would be. You know, the, she could just say anything. She's got all the degrees. I would. Well, I did that. take psychology, and you do learn the parts of the brain. And the ah. amygdala is the um, it's close to the center. It's in your brain stem, which is the most uh, primitive part of the brain, and that's where you have fear, uh, I think pain, 
Um, yeah. And some the old, other the old brain. Well. Yeah, the old. The so guys, the that was the brain. show. Yeah. We've all learned something <laughs> about ourselves. And uh, welcome to the after party. Well, well, no, before we start, because our topic for today is British. It's whatever's British. Well, it's Britain. No, right. I'm, I'm saying British only because it could be outside of Britain. It could be anything just British. It could be part of the countries that they that took over. Now, mine's like in the heart of Britain. It, it's oh, like, it's, like it's, it's, it's Britain? as British as it gets. But I have a qu- before I tell my story, though, first, um, what's your British voice? You heard my British voice. My British voice is Fisher <laughs> Stevens, circa <laughs> 1980s. Uh, I mean, I got to have a thing to say. I can't just. Oh. Well, at some point during this show, you guys all have to say something in a British accent. Whatever it is you're going to cool, say. Oh man. It's not. You know, my mom's boyfriend is British. Oh, yeah? So I feel like if she listens to this, I'm going to be offensive. <laughs> not not because of what I'm going to talk about, but huh. if I make an accent. Actually, when he's around, because we saw him when we went to, like, Utah for family stuff. Uh, whenever he was talking, I, like, mm-hmm. really almost did the accent just because I was <laughs> around because. it and I wanted to yeah. just... But I was like, no, Ryan, that's You know who would inadvertently do the accent in front of your mom's boyfriend? Justin. Justin always kind of just randomly does Well, accents. no, we do that to each other all the time. Yeah. Like when we're on <laughs> Xbox and stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes even when, like, I'm just drunk playing Xbox, I'll just, the whole game I'll do in, like, an accent. I've done nice. that before. Yeah. So they yeah, think nice. I'm just someone from somewhere else. <laughs> Which is really, it's really only a joke for me. They don't, it doesn't matter to anyone else, but, you I know. do. I do it to my dad's girlfriend who's Italian. In fact, I like to take it one step and make, like, mob jokes to her. <laughs> she's super Italian. Nice. <laughs> so, so I'll be like, oh, so do you got a little Vito? He's going to come <laughs> and whack me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but before I start, I want to share with you guys one anecdote I learned. This is not a part of my story, but this is an anecdote I learned about the British that I thought was so hysterical. Um, we're all familiar with the War of 1812, right? For anybody who's not, it's the uh, War of 1812 was the second war of independence, basically, right? When the British and the French were at war with each other. The U.S. was kind of doing some, like, uh, well, they were selling both sides. And the British really didn't appreciate that. And the Americans were outraged that they were not allowed to sell to both sides. So the British came, and they, you know, invaded, and they burned down the White House. That's, like, the big (laughs) thing they did. Yeah. Yeah. But... One of the things I thought was hilarious is the the Americans, right? The uh, president, I believe it was Madison. Uh, he was so convinced that they were going to win this thing that you know his wife Dolly set the table for like a fancy dinner, a banquet, and they were going to like celebrate the victory. But all of a sudden, the British forces landed in Maryland, and they're like, "Oh shit, they're going to reach Washington D.C." And so they fled, right? They just took his whatever was valuable and they fled. So the British came into Washington D.C. They took over the White House. They discovered this banquet dinner. So they they actually Sat went. No, they went to the president's bedroom. They all they got his fanciest clothes, and then they had this fancy dinner, right? And then immediately they all wore his clothes. They all wore yes, the president's clothes. and then immediately afterward, they went to the Congress building. They held a mock session of Congress where they all. I, I, oh God! I wish I had. They all a quote. voted to burn down the White House. Yes, dude, they had this thing, like they had this whole like the eyes have it. Like they had, the they eyes. all said "I" about burning down here, the here. White House, and then they proceeded to burn down the White That's House. That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that is very British. Wow, that was also. savage. That, the, yeah, that was pretty savage of the British. They're still gonna, ha- you know, they still have their manners. They have to, you know, do things accordingly. So. Yeah. I, I, I just thought it was just hilarious. They <laughs> held that mock session. Okay, so my story is called the South Sea Bubble. 
This is a story that's great for two reasons, but also bad for one particular reason. It's great because, one, it has the potential to be as hilarious and outrageous and insane as that Edison Chen story that I told uh, back in December, Mm -hmm. which to me, that's like the best story I ever told on this show. Like, that's my favorite story. Um, (laughs) This story has the potential to be that good. Just to remind our listeners, all five of them, what was the the Chen story? Actually, it's a lot more than five if you have anything on our stats to go off of. There's uh, so much pressure. Well, I'm not not going into the details. Go back and listen to episode 11, Idols, which was in December, but it's, it's about the the nude photo scandal that hit Hong Kong and the the, the nude photo uploader that the story terrorized, had everything that, that terrorized the nation <laughs> named Kira. The Hong Kong police were after him. It's a great story. You should go listen to that. But uh, anyway, uh, this story has that potential. It has another thing. It ties into earlier stories we've told because this is like the precursor to the whole opium war story. Like it, it, this is like the this is during the time when like the British had their whole tea crisis going on in the in the 1700s. So this this is like fits into previous stories we've told. But it has one that you've told that I've told. <laughs> well, we, we we as a group as a as I a. Know, I'm just I'm just. You know, you're, are you going back to your old ways where you're just breaking my balls every single time? Yeah, man. I got a misery loves company. Yeah. You know, you got <laughs> you to, that, That's his yeah. shtick. Come down to my level. <laughs> okay, so there's one thing holding the story back, and that's why I hope, you know, we can make it as funny as possible. The one thing holding the story back is it's heavily about finance and the stock market. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So this takes place in Britain in the 1700s. I feel like we should dim the lights and bring yeah. up the flashlights. So the British, remember the whole tea crisis story? I don't want to go into the details, but basically I'll, I'll recap this much. Shot. The British government had a lot of debt due to this whole tea crisis that was going on from the 1700s all the way till the end of the 1800s, right? A hundred years. 200 years, basically. 200 years. 200 years, years of tea crisis. A 200-year <laughs> yeah. tea crisis. 10%. Here's some of the figures. 10% of all British government's revenue came from taxing tea imports. I mean, that's a huge chunk of their money was from taxing tea coming into the country. And the thing is, they loaned a lot of money to the East India Trading Company to import tea in from China and India. Why? Because those tea imports are bringing them a lot of their government money, Um, which as a result forces the East India Trading Company to import a lot of tea because they have a lot of loans to pay back to the British government. It was this really, really like terrible economic circle jerk basically Mm. that the british government and the east indian trading company were experiencing right they both needed each other and it just kind of escalated um so it was a really bad economic situation for britain at that time additionally something else that was going on during the entirety of the 1700s the british government was in a constant state of war with literally everybody (laughs) that sounds British, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, British. Pretty uh, British. Spain, France, Russia, Old Rome, yeah. Rome, Sweden, Prussia, the Ottoman Empire, the Dutch, the Sri Lankans, <laughs> and even themselves. They had a civil war in the middle of this whole. Thing. Pretty much, they just see someone outside and they're like, yeah. "They're going to war." They're going to war, yeah. yeah. Like they were just fighting everybody. So it was just a, a hundred years of war, basically. So I want you. I want to point out three principal players in this story that I want you to follow, okay? Good thing is they kind of come in at different intervals, so it's you know, you'll, you'll follow it easily. One, Robert Harley, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, which is basically the Secretary of Treasurer, Treasury in the British government, okay? The Chancellor of the Exchequer, Robert Harley. Uh, the other person is John Blunt, 
an unethical businessman from the Hollow Sword Blades Company. <laughs> wow, there's, wow. A, there's a company name. <laughs> also, there is uh, an That's irony. like the Xbox tag of companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all, Hollow Sword Hollow Blades Swords com- Company. Well, also, his name is John Blunt. Yeah. And he's, from yeah. The ho- he's from a Blades Company. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollow Swords Blades Company. <laughs> the next person is... Sir Robert Walpole, a member of the British Parliament with scores to settle. <laughs> That's all you got to know about this guy. That's all it says? That's all you need to know at this point. So here, those are three principal players in this you know, wild, crazy story. Okay, here we go. So Britain's buckle up, buckle up for buckle a ride. Up. Yeah. So by, this, by the way, this is a great story because it's another one of those types of stories that just gets proceedingly more insane as it goes along. So Britain's debt. In August of 1710... Robert Harley is the new uh, treasury a person, right? Secretary right. of Treasury. And he looks at Britain's finances, which is something that nobody really did for, like, years, <laughs> like, like decades. Like, they were just fighting. They weren't really thinking about the, the money situation. And what he found on the ledger is this. Britain only had 5,000 pounds in the Bank of England. <laughs> and, and they had roughly 9 million pounds of debt, which back then 9 million was, like, an enormous like a amount. Billion that is like, yeah, that's like an enormous amount of money. Uh, by the way, just so you know how much that nine million pound debt was, in 2015, Britain made its first payment to that debt. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yeah, that's <laughs> how they're finally like, all right, like three hundred years off. later. Yeah, I guess it's time. <laughs> so when I get those collars off my back, <laughs> how much? <laughs> how much was their payment? I didn't. I didn't check that. Oh. It just said, "Yeah, I don't know." The minimum, probably. Yeah, probably the minimum. Um, the British government at that time, they were just taking loans and spending money. No one in the government was actually tracking the debt. Debt was tracked by individual departments, but nobody really consolidated the debt. Say, "Oh, this is how much we actually owe in total." And so everybody's thinking, "Oh, I owe, I owe like a hundred bucks, or like I owe, you know, not, that's yeah, uh, yeah." Uh, that's an exaggeration, but I'm saying they all thought they owed very little because yeah. nobody compiled right. it all together. Yeah, um, the government. But what he found, what Harley found was the government might not make it through the year. Like he looked at the ledger and he's like, <laughs> we don't have enough money to make it through the year. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have time to go into the details of why. I'm not, By the way, I'm going to skim a lot of things in this story because of how long the story is. I mean, this is almost like a 20-year story I'm telling. So <laughs> it's huge. But basically, I don't, I don't have time to go into the details. But it was not possible to increase taxes to raise money. And it's also not possible to take any loans from the Bank of England. Uh, due to some po- political infighting within Parliament. So it's not mm-hmm. possible to tax or take a loan. Additionally, international investment was not possible because Britain was at war with everybody. Yeah. There's nobody to loan money. Yeah, I know we're trying to kill all you guys, <laughs> but uh, can we borrow some money? <laughs> so this just is- a tenor? <laughs> Come on. Just a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where John Blunt comes in. Harley asked Blunt for help. Remember, Blunt is a you know successful businessman from the Hollow Swords Blade Company. Yeah. So <laughs> for Blunt, this financial crisis was a chance to make some money. So he came up with a series, and I emphasize series of plans to make some money. <laughs> is this uh, guy the Dean Botton of old Britain? Just all the, these get rich quick schemes? I would say this. The Dean Botton, if Dean Botton was like schemes. insanely effective at what he did. So, okay. Like, like so a not really, Dean then. Like a really good Dean Botton. Gotcha. Yeah. But his plans were just as crazy as Dean Botton's. But Dean Botton worked. is a friend of ours who decided to hotwire his truck to be a hybrid. 
What? He, he's a guy who tried to build. He tried a, to make his truck a hybrid. He also tried, tried to build he also, a hover, hover machine. A hover. He did do that. He was yeah. going to try to sell bird cages. Yeah. He uh, wanted to get a scooter. Yeah. To keep in his, his truck. truck. <laughs> to drive short distances, yeah. Yeah. so he wouldn't have to drive his truck yeah. to save gas. He had a lot of. Oh, and he also would dig. Uh, oh yes, lottery this. tickets out of the trash at, ga- at gas stations and liquor stores. Second chance because option. there's second a second chance, chance online <laughs> option. Yeah, he even got it. Oh, hey, by the way, he didn't. Oh, want- and he would he would grab everyone's trash and recycle yeah. it. Also, he didn't want to spend money. He was trying. He's trying to be a firefighter, so he didn't want to spend money on buying like weight packs. So he would just carry his girlfriend on his back as he went for jogs. <laughs> yeah, so that's he, how he trained. basically John Blunt is like a really really effective Gene Dean Botton. Okay, so. Um, I'm going I'm to go through this plan by plan. Plan one, <laughs> buying debt. So Blunt secretly, with the authority of the British government, secretly purchased army debt from the British military. He purchased debt from the British military, okay? By the way, this debt is completely worthless because the army has no money to pay anybody back. So, yeah, people are buying debt, but they're not going to get paid back for the debt they bought, right? Yeah. They're loaning money yeah. for nothing. Yeah. So he then announces that his company, the Hollow Sword Blades Company, will exchange shares in their company for army debt. So they're going to buy people's worthless army debt. This caused the value of army debt to skyrocket. All of a sudden, army debt was worth a lot of money because <laughs> this company is willing to trade yeah, right. for shares. Yeah. Uh, which made all the army debt that Blunt bought worth a lot of money. <laughs> Um, he then took all of the army debt that he purchased and he traded it for land the British army stole from Ireland. <laughs> so just just keep track of what he just did. He just traded the army's debt back to the army to purchase land the army stole from the Irish. <laughs> That's John Blunt in a nutshell, if okay, you ever so want to know yeah, who he so is. He's trading nothing, <laughs> trading nothing. For, back to people <laughs> yeah. he got the nothing from. from. Yes. To get land from them yeah. that they stole yeah. from someone else. The the profits from the deal were loaned to the British government, and this deal was absolutely illegal in every Dude, way. Dude, what's crazy about this, too, is there's no real money involved in this, like, at all. No. No, it's, it's like, nothing. It's yeah. like playing Monopoly. He tra- yeah. He's, he's just <laughs> trading IOUs for other IOUs. <laughs> that are worth slightly he's more. He's the guy who, who like... Wasn't there some guy who who had like a pen and then he traded it for things until yeah. he got like a house? It's the red, one red paperclip. It's called yeah. one red paperclip. Yeah. A guy traded a paperclip for exceedingly things of greater value until he got like a whole house. Like yeah, but yeah, you haven't heard about that. No. Oh my gosh, that's a great story to tell one. We'll day. tell it on we'll the show. We'll tell it on the show one day. But basically, instead of that yeah. shot, uh, <laughs> they he took a paperclip and traded it too. for another paperclip. Yeah, and then and then got land. And then land. he <laughs> traded yeah. that paperclip for uh, land. This version for of the story is he traded some air. For air from another place, and then that air got traded for a piece of land. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, this deal was illegal, but the thing is, because he gave all the profits to the, to the British government, the government's like, all right, we're cool with this. Yeah. It works in their um, favor. Plan two. Plan two, I'm skipping over, but it's called the lotto job. And <laughs> yeah. He would dig in the trash for a Dude, second chance. This blood. sounds like Dean Botton, but I'm telling you, this is like effective Dean Botton. So Blunt ran the government's lotto in like a crazy scheme to make money. Honestly, I would love to tell you what the details were. The details involved a lot of like people getting percentages of, of profits back and percentages of money they spent back. Like everybody got something. It was a really crazy, weird plan. But basically, though, the end result was the government made a lot of short term money because a lot of people, like in four days, the entire lotto in the country sold out when he did this thing. The, the one thing is this 
the debt for the government did go up because of this lotto. <laughs> because the thing is, the government, the, the idea was the winners are all paid out over a period of 10 years. So in yeah. the short term, they got a lot of money from the lotto like tickets. But in the long term, they're going to have to pay this money back in 10 years. Yeah. So the debt grew, but the money was there to survive the year, basically. So it's uh, just uh, one of those like paycheck loans. What are those called? The, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I forget what it is, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's not paycheck loan. It's a uh, no. It's um. Oh my god, this is gonna kill me. Ch- uh, uh, cash advance. No, there's a name. Just keep going. Maybe we'll yeah, come up. Whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's a bad loan to have. Yeah. This is the start of the actual story now. Okay. Plan three, the South Sea Company. Harley wants to make a new company that will loan money to the government because they can't get loans from the Bank of England because of all that political shit. So Blunt creates this company, a fake company basically, called the South Sea Company. And all the people who the government owes money to, this is what the company did, all the people who the government has to owe money to, who has to make interest payments to, they can exchange that debt for shares in the South Sea Company, just like he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's this guy's thing. That's just, his thing. Just exchange Dude, shares in fake companies. Does. Yeah. Huh? And the idea, but basically what this did was when these people trade the debt for shares in the company, it consolidated the debt the, gov- the British government owed, and they can lower their interest rate. Dude, that's literally what this was. <laughs> they consolidated their debt, and they lowered their interest rate, dude. Wow. And, and he used the— This is just one of those yeah. radio commercials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what he did with the, the checks that the British government paid the interest to that the South Sea Company, like the interest checks, he would pay the shareholders with that, that money. That was his plan. Now, here's the thing. You have to convince these people that it's actually worth— like they'll yeah, make right. money on South Sea. What does sea. this company do? What, to... I mean, I mean, what's yeah? They'll because definitely the the interest payments they get from the British government directly is probably more than just shares in the company. So what can they do to convince them it's worthwhile? So the British government gave the South Sea Company um, an entire exclusive monopoly of trading in South America. All South American trade belongs to this one company. And this is what they did at that time, right? East India Trading Company controlled all trade yeah, in right. the Indian Ocean. Yeah. So. The thing is, though, people when they heard this, South Sea Trading or South Sea Company is the exclusive company to trade in South America, which is like the new the new continent. You know, they were like, "This is this is the new East India Trading Company. They're going to make so much money." People could not imagine how much money they were going to make. So, of course, people started to buy share or trade their debt for shares. There's one massive problem in this story in this situation, though. South America was controlled by Spain. Britain was at war with Spain. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, who are we trading with for, for fighting them? Yeah. So Blunt and Harley, they decide, okay, we've got to end this war. Like, that's the only way to make some money. We've got to end the war. So they have another crazy scheme that I have to skip over about how they ended the I war. I love that they, they're like, all right, enough war <laughs> enough because war. We're, we're, we're broke. We've got to start making money. Yeah. Time to get serious, get a job. So Trading. the plan to end the war, right? Crazy scheme, but I'll just summarize by saying it involved a lot of bribes and also getting two people, Sir Robert Walpole, who is one of my important yeah. players. Remember him, Sir Robert, Sir Walpole, Robert Walpole and John Churchill sent to prison. They got those two guys thrown in prison <laughs> and a bunch of bribes, and that's how they ended the war, basically. By the way, John Churchill is the ancestor of Winston, Winston Churchill. Churchill. Yeah. Uh. So in the end... The war, they, they sue for peace, but because they sued for peace way before Britain's allies did, 
Spain basically screwed them in the peace, like the treaty negotiations. And in the end, the only thing the South Sea Company was given is you can send one boat once a year to trade. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Basically, what they realize is okay, That's this a big company, FU. yeah, this company has exclusive rights to trade once a year. They're not going to make money at all. And so that's all they had. All they had was this right to trade. We'll that they take can't it. Take advantage of. Yeah. It, this company's not making money in any way through trading. So, next plan four. Now that they can't trade, they have to find a new way of making money. Plan four selling stock. <laughs> So, dude, <laughs> dude, I love how Blunt knows how to do one thing: make swords, sell stock, and he's all out of swords. Sell fake stock. <laughs> yeah, he's all out of stock. Really. He's all out of stock. So, what they have is a trading company that can't trade, but a lot of people believe it's a successful trading company. So, South Sea this is a housing bubble. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have no idea how right. There's a reason it's called the yeah. South Sea Bubble. Okay. I'm starting to connect yeah. those dots. <laughs> so, I know where this is going. It's 2009 <laughs> all over again. <laughs> South Sea, as a gift to the government, wipes away 10 million pounds of government debt. Oh, that God. way, Harley <laughs> can survive another year. They just wipe away the debt. Just wipe away the debt. So, Parliament. Can I get that magic wand? <laughs> just wave it over Seriously. my debt. <laughs> so, Parliament authorizes the South Sea Company, as a gift, to sell. 10 million pounds worth of stock to cover losses. Again, they've already sold stock in their company. But they're like, you know what? You can create new stock worth 10 million pounds to sell to people, to regain the money you've forgiven. Oh, man. Can I sell my school debt to the South Sea company? (laughs) This is not how finance is supposed to work. (laughs) Yeah. So the British stock market, by the way, is worth 20 million pounds at the time. So one company was just authorized to become half the stock market. And remember this. South Sea has never made money, ever, <laughs> ever. So half of British economy, basically, yeah. is just one nothing. company's non-money stock. Yes. Just nothing. It, it's faith in one company's fake stock. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that Dick. can't go wrong. So as a result of this success... Uh, the government began to... Mo- <laughs> yeah. That's prop- exactly. That's yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Air, air quotes work here. <laughs> <laughs> the government begins borrowing more money from South Sea to pay back the winners from the lotto. <laughs> that, that blood created. Yeah. So they're paying back the winners by borrowing money from South Sea now. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist still. So... Uh, by the way, the, basically the government's going more into debt to pay Blunt back, and they're going to debt with Blunt. Yeah. So they're kind of just doing the same thing they did with East India Company, only now. Yeah. With money, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead I mean, of tea. instead of tea, it's just nothing but just money and stock. Fake Not, money. Fake money. It's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, so around this time in 1714, King George the First comes into power, and yes, that. George. <laughs> George, who is the owner of Peter. George, who the Americans rebelled against. That George came into power. Um, John Harley, this is where he takes his exit. John Harley loses his position. And in 1717, King George... I wouldn't want to be working there after all this either. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to retire now. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Yeah, in some <laughs> ways, Harley steps out. He, he stepped out at the right time. Yeah. So in 1717, King George makes himself the governor of the South Sea Company. And <laughs> okay. he invests the royal family's money in the stock of that okay. company. You have to imagine what this did. 
the royal family is now invested in this company, and the 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 king of England is now the owner of this company. Basically, if South Sea fails, the British government and the royal family fails. This company is literally too big to fail now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The South. It sea... is the original two thousand nine yeah. housing bubble. <laughs> the South Sea stock. Um, Only there's up. no one to bail out anymore. Yeah. Like they just. Yeah, now the king's involved, and there's. <laughs> He was the bailout. He was the bailout. bailout. (laughs) (laughs) So the South Sea stock shot up from 100 pounds to 114 pounds. What a huge increase. No, no. This is important, though. This this stock increase, even though small, it it has a huge reverberation because the stock value is higher. Remember this. They were only authorized to sell enough stock to cover 10 million pounds. Mm -hmm. That's how much stock they had to sell. But because now the stock is worth more, they sell less stock and they make profit from the extra stock they sell. And that gives Blunt a really dangerous idea. Oh, God. Plan the fi- first Another, dangerous yes. idea. Plan five. Plan five. Inflating what? stock prices. <laughs> South Bro. Sea bribes corrupt parliament members to sell the government's entire 31 million pound debt to, uh, of like the entire debt that the government has to South Sea. By the way, it was nine million, but by this time, it's become thirty-one become million. Thirty-one. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-one. <laughs> so he can, bribes the government to give South Sea ownership of all the debt. That way, they can start selling stock to cover the debt. Um, by the way, how, <laughs> this is great. How did he bribe them? Because clearly, nobody's making money. John Blunt has no real he money. He gave them swords. Yeah, right. He gave him stock in the company. He gave Parliament <laughs> stock in the company. Dude, you know what? I get that this was like 17-whatever, and people weren't... Yeah. There was no how do you it, How it, do you not see this and go, eh, this It was 1700s. Weird. You just take everything on good faith. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Blunt's idea was that... Although, I mean, it, it very recently something pretty similar happened, yeah. and no one... I mean, you can say that people people (laughs) went to school based on stuff that happened in this story, essentially. I mean, by by the way, the John Blunt's whole idea was if they, the the parliament knows if South Sea doesn't make money, they don't make money. That's that. So now they're invested basically, literally. So Blunt's inflation scheme, by the way, I'm going to say schemes. There's many. I'm going to just skim over all of them, right? This is March 17, sorry, March 1719. The stock in the company is worth 114 pounds. Scheme one, allow people to buy stock with 20% down and payments every two months. <laughs> oh, home and, Oh, it's beginning. This is the start of all of this. So people would sell their stock every two months and purchase more stock with a profit. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Oh, because they're keeping on making more and more money. So just buy it, sell it, to, and two months later, buy more stock. Uh, the, 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 the value of the stock shot up at, after this scheme from 114 pounds to 550 pounds. Scheme two, use the profits that they made from scheme one to loan money to poor people to invest <laughs> oh in South Sea. South sea. <laughs> so now a lot of poor people. We really need Christian Bale right now <laughs> yeah. from the big short. From, from the, the big, big short. short. Holy! <laughs> or we need Steve Carell to tell them fuck. what the fuck is going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah we need Steve is... Carell to shout and scream. shouting, screaming. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> this Surprise! Is, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so it's just shit on top of shit. So like Steve Carell. Would as say. a result of like this huge influx of poor people investing in the company with their loaned money now, uh, value of the stock shot up from five hundred fifty pounds to six hundred pounds. <laughs> um, by the way, right now at this point. There, because of the value of the stock, this is way higher than any stock's ever been in the British uh, economy. Not there's not enough money to support multiple economy or multiple companies in the stock market 
as a result of how so valuable. So this is the economy now. Yeah, basically, <laughs> not uh, even half, all of it. So oh, wait, hold on. so yeah, so scheme three now, scheme three. Just stop, guy. The British government shuts down other companies to ensure <laughs> that the only company they can invest in is South Sea. <laughs> Dude, I'm not joking. They shut down companies. They raided and shut them down. You're not doing business anymore. Everybody invest in South wait, wait, Sea. Wait, are these just other trading companies or these are the, just – These are legitimate companies. I sell brooms. Yeah. And like, Listen, well, no. Specifically what out. they did, what they did though well, is they were, were allowed to sell the brooms. Sweet, they just done. can't be in the, the <laughs> stock market. market. Right. right. Nobody's yeah. – no. everybody who's not South Sea is out of the stock market now. And this raised the stock value from 600 pounds to 830 pounds. By the way, before South Sea – Wait. How is this his scheme? Well, but he's the one who convinced them. He has parliament. Oh, so in his he pocket. just told them. Yeah, parliament's in his hey pocket. Hey guys, you want to make yeah. even more money? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so before South Sea, the British debt was nine million pounds. Right. And in the last and four months, he bought months, it for what? Third. He bought thirty-one million 31, more. Thirty-one okay. million. Yeah, thirty-one million pounds more of, of of debt. But in the last four months of these of these three schemes in seventeen nineteen, South Sea spent eight point five million pounds to keep the bubble growing. They spent eight point five million pounds to grow the bubble, and that was the original debt to begin with. <laughs> um, oh the British government and the citizens were now at this point sixty million pounds in debt because of South Sea, and that's literally more money than the entire British economy. Good God. Like there, there's literally that. That is more money. How than did the- they come back from this? That's crazy. <laughs> so the the next part of my story is the bubble bursts. <laughs> the man comes back with, you know, yeah, score to settle. At this point, yeah, that, this is when the score to settle stuff comes in. So Liam Neeson <laughs> comes in. <laughs> actually, I want you guys to imagine Walpole as Liam Neeson because that'd be kind of <laughs> cool, actually. So the stock value at this point shoots to thousand pounds. Give okay? me back it's my worth one thousand. Every single stock is worth a thousand pounds. At this point, there was no money left to make South Sea grow because the entire British economy was now entirely dependent on South Sea growing. If South Sea did not continue to grow, the British economy would fail. Um, no one had enough money to make the loan payments back to South Sea. And dude, this is the craziest thing. Even the people in companies that were shut down like, were in financial uh, turmoil because they had invested in South Sea. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. You can shut me down. I'll just buy some stock. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. So Blunt, at this point, because he has to keep growing the economy. He has to do it. He does the only thing he can do. The, 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 blunt, the bluntiest thing Blunt can do. The bluntiest. Sell more stock. <laughs> and he sells it at 10% down payment. No payments for a year. <laughs> I, I love that the British government just keeps going along with his plan <laughs> and and a guaranteed 50 percent return of dividends over 10 years he just guaranteed everybody you will make 50 percent of everything you invest back within 10 years of course yeah uh he but by the way while he's doing all this he starts to secretly sell his own I'm stock my eyes, Johnson. <laughs> he's dude oh my god he is anthony's johnson uh, <laughs> uh, people, he's making uh, Rick and Morty references, but um, but basically though, so um, he starts selling stock, his own stock. He's secretly selling it away, right? He's getting rid of it at this point. Um, here's the thing about this new thing: in order to meet this fifty percent return of dividends to each shareholder, South Sea would have to make fifteen million pounds 
of pure profit every year to pay back shareholders. That's 25% of Britain's GDP. You know what he's got to do? Sell more stocks. <laughs> Dude, he has to make a quarter of the entire economy in profit to pay back everybody. And at this point, everyone starts to kind of look around and be like, this seems really unreasonable. Like, <laughs> Only now, now it's unreasonable. Now it's unreasonable. <laughs> and as soon as people start to realize that, Everyone the, wants to sell their... The stock goes into free fall. Absolutely starts just shooting into free fall. The economy begins to crash. Businesses collapse. People, like many people, went bankrupt. Many people committed suicide. Oh, my God. The royal family's finances crumbled. And Blunt's like, I got another idea. Yeah. It may seem bad now. <laughs> Blunt does the only thing he can do at this point. Sell, sell more, more stock. stock. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know this reminds me of? This is random, but I'm, I'm glad I remember this now because it's one of my treasured memories. I used to watch Tom and Jerry Kids, and I don't know if you guys remember Cal, the used car salesman in Tom and Jerry Kids. He would do commercials. He's, he's, that is such a random dude. reference. No, I've never. <laughs> well, this is one of the references I remember. There's a commercial where Cal is a used car salesman. He says, he says uh, got no credit? Cal don't care. Got no uh, license? Cal don't, don't care. care. Got no insurance? Cal don't care. Got no money? That's when Cal cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always, I was like seven, but I remember that so clearly. Okay, anyway, this is, you know, this is what's happening. So now is when our beloved Liam Neeson, Sir Robert Walpole, comes into story. He gets out of prison. Yeah. And he's pissed. <laughs> Walpole. He wants revenge. He's out of prison now. And uh, Walpole, by the way, was against everything that's been happening this whole time. He's been, like, verbally against this whole thing, doing what he can in Parliament with his access to, like, stop it. But he couldn't. Um, Walpole only wants two things. Get revenge on Blunt for throwing him in prison. <laughs> of course. And take over the government. <laughs> Dude, that sounds reasonable. Straight up, straight it's up. Reasonable. He's like, I'm taking over the government. And at this point, with how the government is, it's like, yeah, yeah. better hands than yeah, right. everybody else. Can't get much worse. So Walpole, by the way, <laughs> this is just to show you what the British economy was like. Walpole previously made a lot of money selling his shares of South Sea before it crashed. <laughs> Walpole got out before the crash, so he made a lot of money when it was like really financially stable. Yeah, right. Walpole, well, stable is not the well, the right yeah. word. When it was on the upswing, when it was in yeah. the bubble. Yeah. So Walpole convinces the Bank of England and the East India Trading Company to bail out the government and cancel all debt from all the citizens who were affected by this. Walpole, uh, all those people who killed themselves are feeling real stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they just waited just a few had months. To wait. Um, Walpole was tasked with leading the investigation into the corruption in Parliament. Um, but here's the thing. He, he, by the way, this, his whole goal with you know, uh, removing the debt, you know, wiping away all the debt, was he wants people to see him as a defender of the poor, as a champion who fights corruption, that kind of a thing. Uh, Walpole's tasked with leading the investigation. A very specific set of skills. <laughs> so he's tasked with leading the investigation. And his whole goal was he wants to use the investigation to remove all of his political rivals and also to ensure that himself, his allies, and the king, who were all involved in this, are not implicated. So he's trying to let the bomb explode uh, on the people he doesn't like. Uh, yeah, he's, he's getting less and less. Yeah, Walpole's Liam not. Mason, yeah, he's Mason. not. He's not a the good guy. Goodest of guys, no. So, dude, there's. This is my favorite. This is the gold mine of my favorite part of the story, dude. I gotta. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm, give, give me a second. Let me. Give me a he second has to prepare himself. <laughs> Make sure it's he's... a roller coaster after this. So, if it wasn't already, 
So there's one massive problem to everything that Robert Walpole's trying to do. One huge problem. And his name is also Robert. His name's Robert Knight. <laughs> you're you're going to love this, Ryan. Robert Knight was South Sea's accountant. Yes. <laughs> whose ledger records yeah. every bribe and transaction South Sea ever made. <laughs> Dude, Robert, Robert Knight is Johnson, and he has the dirty, back, the, the, the dirty black book that's going to bring this whole thing crashing down if anybody finds the book. So Robert Knight, who knows he's either going to be prosecuted or killed, flees to Belgium. With his book. With his book. And because Belgium has no extradition, hmm. mysteriously, though, all of his bank funds were waiting for him in Belgium. And he didn't plan that. Oh. He, he fled in, in the cover of night. Actually, this In the cover no, of night? It's not yeah. the cover of night. He didn't flee in the cover. I'm exaggerating. He, fl- he fled on a weekend because he knew the British court was closed on the weekend. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's in the documents. He knew he won't be prosecuted till Monday, so he left Friday. So he left. And, dude, it worked. To beat the he holiday two, traffic. He had a two-day head start, and the British government was like, hey, where's Robert Knight? It's time to arrest him Monday morning, 7 a.m. So I can't do this until Monday, you guys. <laughs> So uh, he he all of a sudden his money's waiting for him even though he fled. Uh, surprise, surprise though. Um, Walpole arranged for that. Walpole arranged for the money to be waiting for him because the last thing Walpole wanted was Knight to be in a courtroom. Nobody wanted Knight in a courtroom because he had everyone. He had everybody's name, name in that book. Yeah, they just wanted Knight to never be like testify. They're just like go live yeah. your life in Belgium. <laughs> Publicly, though, Walpole had to pretend he wanted Knight extradited. So publicly, with his power as the person leading the investigation of Parliament, he put pressure, political pressure, on Belgium to extradite Knight. The Belgians, as a result of this political pressure, captured Knight and put him in prison. (laughs) (laughs) They put him in a Belgian prison. And the king and the Walpole and the corrupt politicians, they all celebrated publicly. But privately, they all lost their shit. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> Somebody's going to talk to Knight, and we're in a lot of trouble. What if he talks? He's going to bring the British government and the royal family down. Because the public doesn't know about what the British yeah, right. government did. So at this point, with Knight gone, let's go back to Blunt. With Knight gone, Blunt is the only one who knows everything that happened. So Blunt does the only thing Blunt could do. He sells sell more stock. Sells more stock. <laughs> Close. He blackmails the politicians for bribes and a plea deal to keep silent. He basically just says, pay me to stay silent. And they do. Wow. I, yeah. Um, He's like, buy more stock. <laughs> buy stock right, in me. He, stock he basically in sold stock in himself because now they have, like, you know, an investment in him. Anyway, um, Walpole sends an official to Belgium to purchase Knight's release from the Belgian government. This guy, he brings the Belgian government a lot of money as, as like basically a bribe, but as like a, you know, fr- offer of friendship, that sort of thing. And he informs... Thanks for catching this guy. <laughs> we got it from here. Like, just let us... Take this case with unmarked <laughs> let's, bills. Let's let him Non-sequential. <laughs> and what he does, he gives this money to the Belgian government, and this guy says... On no conditions must Knight be returned to Britain. <laughs> he gives him the money, and he's sent there to bring him back, but he says never release Knight to Britain. The British government was absolutely furious with Belgium for not returning Knight. 
Walpole, at that point, because of the public outcry, wrote two letters. One, promising a deterioration of relations with Belgium should they fail to return Knight to the British government. Poor Belgium's getting a lot of mixed signals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just came over here last week with the freaking briefcase saying not to let him go. Now we got the strongly worded letter. What is it, Britain? What do you want us to do? Make up your mind. <laughs> the, the second letter uh, offered Belgium a blank check of any sum of money to never, <laughs> ever return night to Belgium. Now they're even more confused. <laughs> The first rule of negotiations with the British, never return night to, to England. The second rule of negotiations with Britain, never, never return, return night to Britain. I wonder if they could still use that as a bargaining chip today. <laughs> so the British investigators that are not corrupt in Parliament, they start sending officials to speak with Knight in prison, right, in, in Antwerp, in Belgium. So the Belgian government, who's still not exactly sure what to do with this whole situation, <laughs> not return night, but keep the money and all this stuff, yeah. what the, the Belgian government does is they begin moving night from prison to prison to keep him away from any British officials <laughs> that try to come and talk to night. So they're just moving him from place to place at this point. Why don't they just let him go? Poor, poor Belgium just gets caught up in this. Seriously. <laughs> uh, they even use body doubles that they placed in oh various my. prisons to throw officials off the trail. Dude, those officials, though, must be like, this night guy. He's yeah. got, like, he's got some real serious stuff going on. He's got, like, body doubles. Yeah. That's yeah, that's crazy. They, they even offered Knight a pardon, a full pardon, but uh, that pardon never reached Knight's ears because Walpole's, like, never let Knight know he's pardoned. That way, Knight can never come back even. Oh, yeah, right. So, finally... He's kind of screwed, too, because yeah. no one wants him, but yeah. nobody wants him out of prison, either. He's yeah. just... So, finally, on a cold night in 1721... Cold night. This is, you know, we got to start bringing the story, you know, Did to a die? close. A guard led Knight out of his cell into a secluded forest with, of course, weapon in hand, and there, the guard released Knight and told him to never come back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's about time someone just took him out. I mean, Run. <laughs> Never look dude, back. <laughs> dude, and Knight was, he, apparently he was so confused. He thought he was going to die at that point. Yeah, right. I thought this was it. And the guy just said, go and never come back here. And Knight just fled. Run away, Simba, and never return. <laughs> so, <laughs> Remember. Remember. Dude, <laughs> dude that, that kind of, okay, let me continue. Then. That kind of remember who Mufasa you are. comes into play. <laughs> so with both Knight and Blunt gone, all of a sudden, Walpole's in the clear. So Walpole starts wielding the justice hammer, and he starts bringing that investigation down hard on corruption because there's no risk to himself uh, or his allies, and, and his enemies all get caught in the crossfire. They get prosecuted. They get you know thrown in prison. So finally, here is the fallout of this entire thing that happened. Most of the people involved in the scam were fined, but almost none of them served any jail time. Of course. Nice. Dude. Yeah. This oh, really dude. is the f- 2009. Oh, my God. It's like a script dude, dude. of the American housing bubble. It is. I Fuck, laughed stupid. so loud I can't, when I read I that. I cannot believe that, one, I didn't know about this. How come no one knows? This is something you learn from. As much as we try this not is, to repeat history, history always repeats, repeats itself. itself. Yeah. This is the wow. original Big Short. And, and the thing is, they none of them probably knew about it. They just happened yeah. to do the same. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it just happened That's to happen the same way. Fucking yeah. crazy. The oh uh, the people who were not affected, the politicians who were not affected, those still in power, they all knew that they owed Walpole favor for saving them because they knew Walpole's the one who pulled this thing out of like a spiral. Robert Knight was able to return to England 10 years later. He, he got his pardon and he came back to England. He never got involved in politics or anything like that again. He just lived a quiet life. Became an accountant for some no. small broom, <laughs> some small chimney sweep company. Yep. Uh, Robert Harley never returned to public office after his removal as treasurer. Um, actually, well, he um, got out. He, he got out. Yeah. yeah, but he never returned. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Robert Harley actually died before the story ended in 1924. He actually died, but he never returned to politics after he lost his position. He really got out. In, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he got about as far out as you can get. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with any of this. <laughs> um, John, dude, the last of you, right? John Blunt and Robert Walpole. What happened to them? John Blunt, the guy who did all, all this shit, walked away with a cool 5,000 pounds of profit from this entire scandal. I mean, he actually came out on top and, and more so in the middle of all this. He became a baron. And he st- his family still retained oh their baronship, God. their baronet. Really? Yeah, they're it, well, it's passed a down. The titles yeah. are passed down to exactly. the family. So he, he walked away as a baron and with 5,000 pounds of profit. <laughs> and finally, whatever became of Sir Robert Walpole, he became the first prime minister of England. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He called oh, in all those favors. That. You know what's crazy about that is how did they even come back from all that? They were just like, well, I guess we're just going to... I mean, I mean, a, a part of it is that they didn't. I mean, they're still paying the debt off. I mean, it still yeah. affected them. But, I mean, actually, I'll tell you how they, they came out of it. They just made their first want me, want me to tell you guys? I can, I can tell you exactly how they came Bail out of out. this. Opium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you... That's how the opium wars happened. That's how India and China and colonialism happened, right? Oh, that's, my God. That's it. <laughs> So, that was <laughs> my story is so small compared to that. It's, it's although there is a Churchill involved. Oh, the Ooh, Churchill, the Churchill, very, very barely involved. But by the way, funny thing, there. really quick, is the Walpole family has such a huge impact on British history throughout the ages that almost any event the British were a part of, you can trace it back to a Walpole somehow. Like that, that's what extra history actually the uh, the internet. You know, uh, video group. Yeah, well, I know so who they, they are. Yeah, but... that's yeah. Well, they do history videos mm. on YouTube. That's what they do. They always have a joke where they always say, "How are how are the Walpoles involved in this?" Well, <laughs> six degrees of Walpole. Yeah, it is basically. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, so, uh, so I'm going to talk about the last witch of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> love the title. I yeah. love it. Okay, so, all right. So first, when you think witch hunts and. Uh, all that whole thing, yeah. the era that that occurred would right. be when? 1600s, 1600s, 1700s, the latest, you know, yeah. then we started getting into like revolutions, yeah. real wars, Steam machine, Steam. right, yeah. uh, in their heyday, you know, they were legitimate convictions, like these weren't just like people freaking out, mass hysterias, news, you know, this was also real law, like there were, you know, kings involved, were parliaments people got tried found convicted yeah yeah and killed uh so 
the last witch trial. Really quick, really quick. I just want to mention one thing. You know what the, what the funniest witch trial I ever heard of is? It's in England. You can uh, somebody who's accused of being a witch can choose trial by cake. Oh, I heard, <laughs> you heard yeah, of that? yeah, yeah. Trial by cake. Yeah, basically, cake? they have to eat an entire cake without choking. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Here's a funny thing. Of of all the people who've done it, I think only like one or two people did. But one of the people did choke, and he was killed. <laughs> dude, they killed him. <laughs> So wait, wait, the thing was, if you can eat a whole cake and not choke, yes. you're not a witch? You're not, you're not a, witch. a witch. And he choked. Like, He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> witch. Yeah. That was, the, that, that was the, like, the most untimely cough of his life. Wow. That's pretty awful. Uh, the last witch trial in Britain, though, took place in 1944. Oh, my God. Oh, so wow. this was World War II. Yeah, we, we had go. cars. We had planes. Yeah. We had, you know, all these other exciting ways to kill each other now. We had... TV, we're fighting TV, the Germans. Photography, yeah. yeah. Germans. Uh, so, Helen Duncan. Uh, she was basically the 1944 version of, like, that Long Island medium oh. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like, oh. traveled around doing seances and whatever. Yeah. If if she was in modern times, she'd have a shitty reality TV show. Yeah. That's who she yeah. was. Uh, so, just doing that sort of thing, seances, what have you. Uh, then in April of 1944, this is kind of like the peak of the war, uh, she told a family that her, the ship that her son was on in the military sank and that he was dead. His ghost came and talked to her, whatever right. the thing yeah. was. Uh, and this was actually true, but the British government was suppressing that for morale reasons. Like, they didn't want people to know that it had happened. They didn't want the Germans to know that... It actually, like, yeah, went, you know, down. went down, all that other stuff. Uh, so they charged her with conspiracy <laughs> and fraud and violation of the Witchcraft Act of 1735. <laughs> uh, and only the witchcraft charge stuck. <laughs> of course. So she not? got acquitted of, of, you know, like, conspiracy yeah. and all those other things. Uh, and so she was sentenced to nine months in prison for witchcraft <laughs> in 1944. <laughs> So this happened, and yeah. uh, she's, like, in prison serving her time for being a witch. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, that here's the thing. It's, it's not act. like everyone thought this was, like, a real good thing. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. this is stupid. Winston Churchill visited her in prison. Uh, he described the whole episode as obsolete tomfoolery. Uh, and he repealed the Witchcraft Act, but she still had to serve her time. <laughs> so she served out her entire nine months. Nine months. Nine yeah. months. Uh, Got out, lived a normal, well, medium life, I guess. Uh, And actually, in 2007, her family tried to get a a pardon, like a posthumous pardon, to get her name cleared. There's a petition that actually got international support from Salem. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the the, uh, director of the Salem Witch Museum, like, signed this petition. She made, like, a whole statement about it. She was like, oh, she, like, suffered. This was whatever. And I just thought it was funny because she was like, involved in this other thing on the other side of the yeah you know, um scottish parliament rejected the <laughs> so she's still technically the last witch of the britain last. she was tried and convicted for witchcraft <laughs> and uh to this day she's a witch air quotes a witch, a witch. Yeah. Yeah. A witch. huh i didn't know the cake thing was an option she should have yeah. gone for that she yeah, i mean she should have gone trial by cake i mean unless i mean listen there might be a reason i'd like to exercise Maybe... my trial by cake Maybe, though, like, the definitions, you know, British words, American words are different. And maybe, like, over time, words change their meaning. 
cake might have meant like cyanide back then. You know, we don't know. <laughs> oh, um, no. If it was cyanide, then I think cyanide was cyanide. I think it'd be one of those things though where it's like, okay, if you ate the cake and you died, the cyanide cake, then you weren't a witch. No, but no, if not, you survived, not even cyanide cake. Just then... drink cyanide. <laughs> okay, well, if you were drinking cyanide and you died, like, oh, well, guess he wasn't a witch. Yeah. yeah. A cyanide well, cake. Well, I mean, yeah. considering and the fact she, that's part of the course, that's basically If she how, lives. No, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nine months, I guess, is not... Not that bad, that. but still. Fuck that. I wouldn't want to be in prison yeah. for nine yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Before the rest of your life, known as People the last witch. witch. Yeah. 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 Actually, she uh, she got arrested while doing a seance. <laughs> <laughs> with and the people she was seancing. I don't know what the. I, I, I believe it's pronounced soonsing. Soonsing? Is that for real? Shit. No. Yeah. 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 No. That <laughs> I'm not. I'm making uh, They also got arrested and then released. But uh, <laughs> here's the thing, though. A lot of people say that she found out about the boat. In the newspaper, <laughs> so Dude, they, you know they either did a really terrible job, like keeping it quiet, or maybe I don't know. Maybe she did. Actually, it's a Nelson Mandela thing. It's a mass hallucination. They all thought, you yeah, know, she heard it in the yeah. The news. But really, it was the dead ghost. Yeah, of, that makes the most sense. <laughs> makes it yeah the most sense. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do my British accent. Wait, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I can't now. You can't just look at me and say let's hear it. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta well, I'll interject at some point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll have to. Uh. No, Courtney. Talk or or about you can say, thing. you know, welcome to the after party. And that no. is the name of the show. <laughs> uh, okay. So before I get to mine, I just wanted to share a couple things that I found that I wish I could have done a story on, but it just wasn't enough information. But I thought it was pretty funny. Um, one was, uh, this comes from, uh, it's a book about, it's a, a bunch of lists about stuff through British royal history. And so one of the list, one of the subtitles for the list is four memorable royal wedding nights. So one of them was between, uh, William. None of them the, involving sex, by the way, <laughs> knowing the British <laughs> royal Probably, family. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them was between William the third and Mary the second. So while, uh, William was, uh, they, and this says getting to know his wife in a biblical sense, um, so they were involving su- sex, actually, <laughs> for once. hey Or just reading uh, the Bible together. Come on. Yeah, they could have been, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to know her in the biblical sense. Oh, where are you at? I'm in Psalms. <laughs> Catch up. I'm in Proverbs. <laughs> um, so they're doing their stuff, and then all of a sudden, King Charles II drew back the curtains and yelled out, Now, nephew, to your work. Hey, St. George for England. So he was just, you know, cheering on his, his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trolling him. Huh. So he's just watching him in the corner? Yeah, because like, no, he, well, he, he, I guess the beds used to have curtains around it. So literally what I picture is him just like all of a sudden popping up, oh, pulling nephew. the curtain apart, you know, <laughs> popping in his head. <laughs> just like, hey, do it for England. Who, you get who your, is this person? His uncle. You get, his uh, uncle. You get that crumpet in that tea. Oh. That, uh, uh, that's, not a, that's not a pretty picture. Not a pretty picture. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want that to happen. Um, the, <laughs> the other one was uh, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and the advice that Victoria was given by her mother was close your eyes and think of England. Oh my God! God. You know what? The only time that sex is involved with the royal family is just do right, it for the country. Yeah. It for it's the country. all about let's do this for our patriotism, country. dude. A mother telling her daughter, well, what did she say? Close your close eyes, your eyes, close your think eyes, of and think of England. Wow. Yep. All of England 
all of, all England, of England. I was about to say you are you are having me, sex with all of England. A part right of me now. didn't want to finish. I was gonna say all of all of England's inside me. <laughs> uh, okay. Gross. All right. So we'll go on to to my story. Yeah. So this takes place a little bit more nowadays. So uh, I'm going to talk about this guy named David Ick. Um, before I'll get into it. So he was an English writer, a public speaker. He was a former footballer and sports broadcaster. But that's not what he is known for. He is known as a professional conspiracy theorist. Professional. Professional. Okay. Okay. Went to school and everything. Went to school, yeah. Got yeah. his degree and Yep, exactly. In so, jet fuel um, melting steel beams. <laughs> or not. This is the I way guess. he actually he, he 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 got his start in birther theory, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the way he describes himself is he is a full-time investigator into who and what is really controlling the world. Okay? JB would love this. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, in 1990, he said that a psychic visited him and told him that he was put on Earth for a purpose and he would start to so- soon receive messages. This is Wait, hold on. Oh, all go. good yeah. conspiracy theories. Legitimate. Exactly. And it might be my imagination just got this mixed up, but I am ima- the, the psychic, did they visit him like mentally or did they actually like knock on the door? Um, <laughs> like, I, have, I have been looking for you. Yeah. He's all drunk. I don't know. No, I think I think hey, like a physical a meeting. He met a psychic okay. or something, oh. dude. Um, I honestly imagine like a psychic visited him in his sleep <laughs> and told him this thing. He probably called a hotline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Um, who is the chick that we grew up with? She always had the stupid commercials yeah. on. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. Cleo. Yeah, yeah. Cleo. Who actually had a fake accent that yeah. wasn't her real. Yeah. yeah. So um, the psychic told him that he'll soon start to receive messages. The next year. He got some messages, and he announced on um, a BBC primetime show that he is now son of the Godhead. And so oh, he son of the Godhead. The, of the Godhead. The Godhead. Show me what Not you got. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of where it starts. A lot and of then, Rick and Morty references <laughs> in here. <laughs> okay, so here is his theory. Prominent figures belong to what is known as the Babylonian Brotherhood which is made up of shape-shifting reptilian humanoids. That was... And that was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. It started out weird. Yeah. It, started it, got, out, got, it started out with me imagining JB saying, oh, right, right, yeah, I actually know. The Babylonian... Yeah, yeah, I, I actually considered joining them in San Francisco, <laughs> but I decided Their to go to the Masons. San Francisco sect? Yeah, I, I decided to go to the Masons instead. We yeah. have a friend named uh, JB, uh, and he is, like, really involved and into that sort of thing. Yeah, so. he's in... But, but um, lizard people is a whole other. Uh, that's a whole other field. Of, well, yeah. <laughs> some of the people that are included in this that would be considered reptilian humanoids would be Queen Elizabeth, nah, George weird. W. Bush, Henry Kissinger. Okay. Oof. Both of the Clintons, Hillary and dude, Bill. he is hitting actually, all the right I've, buttons, dude. I've, I've heard dude, that also, dude. Actually, <laughs> I'm kind of believing him right now. This is like hitting the <laughs> right, right places in me that, right now. And, right spots. and Bob Hope. Bob Hope was that's a reptilian humanoid. You know what? I'll take Bob sure. Hope just to get the other one. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's not true, I'll, I'll, I'll let that happen to Bob Hope. <laughs> Bob, he's you know, on Bob, his way out anyway. Bob Hope could... is a real American hero. If he's willing to be called a reptilian, a reptilian. monster, that way we can unveil <laughs> those <laughs> other real reptilian monsters. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's got to go. Here we were <laughs> laughing at him at first, but now. Now, now dude, that's weird. <laughs> 
Am I exactly the right demographic this guy's targeting? Yeah, maybe. Oh, my you gosh. Might, you might start to believe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the okay, so the reptilians, they come from the constellation Draco, um, who live inside caverns inside the Earth. Look to the stars, Bowen. <laughs> Look to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> they use um, the rings of Saturn and the moon, which he believes are both constructs of the reptilians to control... Like, they created that in order to, uh, they broadcast, there are five sense prisons. So, really, this is just an artificial world that we're living in. Dude, being they made the Matrix <laughs> <laughs> with the moon, apparently. And the rings of Saturn. They, created, the of they Saturn. created the rings of Saturn the to send out yeah. the messages to the moon, which right. I guess then, like, bounces to Of course, or yeah. Oh, my God. So, and that's what, that's what makes yeah. steak taste so good. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, and this was all revealed in, in David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret, in 1999, okay? God, now, we've been living a lie for so long. We have been. Uh, we need to all you buy know, this by book. The way, if, his uh, sales are now, now going to jump up. If, uh, you know, our, our friend, what's his name, David Icke? David Icke. David Icke had a conversation with Eliezer Yudkowsky. Now, Yudkowsky's talking about how the Roko's Basilisk is, you know, going to like, rule listen, the world. robots aren't the problem. And Icke's like, no, no, the reptilians. <laughs> it's the reptilians. They're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> They've been a problem for a while since the 90s. Um, yeah, so he's written over. I'm going to get to that in a second. Hold on. Don't don't cheat. Sorry, you I always you look know what? Over it's because you always have these pictures on you your have notes. Such wandering eyes. <laughs> but, uh, it's man. They're the pictures crazy. They're get... always there. You can't see it. Go now. ahead. <laughs> I Ryan, was just gonna say, eyes up, Ryan. Eyes up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ick has written over 20 books. He did used to have a publisher, but because his theories were getting... he's I mean, he combines... His whole theories kind of combines a bunch of different things, including anti-Semitism. Uh, I, mean, oh. I mean, there's like a bunch of stuff. I was on board, um, man, but now... Yeah. I mean, yeah. and also, I mean, the idea of the people that are running the world and they're reptilians or whatever, um, their whole purpose to is to... Um, where is it? Um, is Zionism? Is he going to... No, throw but it? he kind of goes That's into that. Problem. Yeah, no. And Dude, I, the, the weird thing is, he went from like reptilian, like crazy reptilian to the problem to Zionism. Like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> they're moving the world towards a new fascist order. Uh, so that's his idea. But uh, what I have to say, though, is not only is the world run by reptilian humanoids, but they're also it's also run by pedophiles. That's his thing, too. I don't know where the pedophiles he's just, come he's from. He's just throwing everything he can <laughs> yeah. at this. Oh, wait. He's, since he's, this is a British episode, we have to say it the correct, the way the British say it pedophiles pedophiles so um by the way it sounds like though it sounds more like it's not so much that he's like all over the place it's more like he's trying to get a fan base yeah he's really trying to get everyone so he's just trying to hitting here hitting all the points trying to get the market pedophiles fascists you know nazis lizards lizards (laughs) (laughs) satanists Witches. Uh, Witches. <laughs> he probably threw that in somewhere. I mean, so yeah, he's written over 20 books. He was dropped by his publisher because of some of these. So now he went to self-publishing. And then he has uh, he has DVDs. You mean, and no, one, you mean no one his, wanted to publish his book? <laughs> did suddenly his publishers become... Like also part of this. They're lizard people. They're also they're lizard people. They're pedophiles. <laughs> this this company is run by lizard people. That's why they won't publish me. Pedophile lizard people. <laughs> Peter ass. Was that your accent? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was very short, but I can, yeah. I, mean, I can throw some more in there later. I guess. Um, okay. So in one of his books in 2005, in Infinite Love is the Only Truth, 
He has three categories of people. Okay. They oh, are. God, this is going to be really ugly. Go. They yeah. are interactive software programs, or they're also known as red dresses. What? And that's red what this dresses. picture is. These are three of the red dresses George Bush, Queen Elizabeth, and. Uh, Tony Blair, I believe that's Tony Blair. <laughs> so, yeah. Tony Blair. Um, I will. We'll George post Bush. this photo so we everyone can see. Yeah, we have to post. So um, the red dresses, they lack consciousness and free will, and their human bodies are holographic veils. Okay. To cover wow. up their. To cover I mean, to cover up their lizard scales, scales and, and everything tail. like that. Yeah. So the second group, which is we would be considered part of this group, we are the sheeple. Mm. <laughs> wow. Um, we're conscious, but we do as we're told. You know and what? We're Every, the main energy dude, source wait, for not motherhood. To, wait, wait. Are we the ones who provide like the material to make the red dresses? Are the how are we the sheeple? Like that's what yeah, sheeple. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're are. also known as the repeaters. We repeat what other people or people mm-hmm. in influence. So these would include doctors, teachers. Oh yeah, definitely. Journalists. Yeah. yeah. So don't, yeah, we're we're don't we're take doctors. It. All right. The smallest the smallest group is the third group, and they see through all of this. And they are uh, the smallest that's group. the group he's in. That's me. That's and him. We, that's me. And they are known, and, they, and people will go after them, and they're called dangerous or mad. That's what they are. The crazy. So, uh, <laughs> okay. And this makes sense in terms of the royalty and stuff and everything, because it says that the red dress genetic lines, they interbreed because they want to keep it within themselves. You know, can't spread it out. Because, um, you know, and because consciousness can rewrite, rewrite the software. So... <laughs> It, there's a lot of different crap going on. <laughs> I was going to say this also. Yeah. I think anytime someone says the word sheeple, I immediately discredit whatever the fuck they were saying. Because that's... Sheeple. I already know. You're somewhere else, dude. Wake yeah. up, everyone. Or wake up, America. You're all sheeple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Yeah, so, I mean, actually, uh, this... I think it was recently. I was trying to find it quickly because I did come across it. But, like, when this was – I actually started getting traction that the queen could be a reptile. Um, it started got, getting got, traction. It started to get traction. <laughs> and um, this actually – it bothered the queen very much because it was happening on the 10th anniversary of her mother's death. So so her, her, her lip quivered just a little bit into a yeah. frown. Her little, no, actually, I think that was the proof that they, they were show, – if something like that happened on TV where – she broke like her stoic stare mm-hmm. or something, and that's like proof that she's a reptile <laughs> because she had an emotion for a second. because she had an emotion exactly. But wait, hold on, I just remember something. Uh, the mother who the daughter in that story, you know, think of England. That was Victoria, right? Victoria's daughter was Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure Victoria told Elizabeth the same thing. Just <laughs> close your eyes and think. Of close, your eyes. close your eyes and think of England, sweetie. <laughs> for England, Elizabeth. For England, <laughs> for your country. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, uh, Elizabeth responds with, no, for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was actually pretty good. That was yeah. That was pretty good. All you needed was for me to help yeah. you. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to hear it from somebody else. I, I, I was channeling my, my, my James Bond as much as oh, I was. Oh, there yeah. you go. You know? Yeah, wow. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, the world is run by reptilian humanoids. So that's where all those people got that idea. Because I've heard that before. This but, is where uh, it stems from. You know, it's really funny. Like, I, a part of me, there's a part of me that's okay with making the joke of, eh, George Bush, yeah, he's, he's probably a reptilian lizard man. 
But then, you know the funny thing is now, I don't know why, I don't know why, despite for years not liking that guy, for some you reason. You miss him? <laughs> well, I do, I do. I, I do miss George Bush. I think a lot Bush. of people miss Bush. Yeah. No, dude, it's, it's, it's the painter. It's the it's a sensitive artist, George Bush. I don't know why, but I, I, like, I like that guy. He, he's this guy who just, he wants to paint. He wants to donate his paintings to charity. To dude, you know what, money. actually, I was reading, what was I reading about? Oh, I don't Something really awful, like yeah. about worms in Guinea that are like yeah. coming out of people and stuff. Okay. But anyway, that was dark. Uh, <laughs> I also read that uh, Africa sees George Bush as a hero, like he's wow. because his uh, pre- presidency. They did like so much positive work for AIDS out there that I had never heard about. But he yeah. apparently he saved a lot of lives. Wow. I was like, oh man, way to go, W. Yeah. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's weird, but it's often the case that in hindsight, presidents are always seen favorably in a weird way. Well, yeah. 2020, yeah. Yeah. hindsight. Yeah. No, listen, I'm not saying he was a good president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no. Not by any means. But, but he was... Compared to listen, what we're yeah, currently okay. dealing with. Okay. I mean, he's, in hindsight, compared to this, <laughs> seems like a great option. <laughs> compared to this car wreck. <laughs> But you know, not to get too political, but I yeah, did. Yeah. I did once say you could quote Ryan Walters as saying once to people, "I would vote for a dead dog before I vote for, <laughs> for a Bush. You did, you did. Before I vote for Trump." And uh, oh man, yeah, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, offhand, really quick, did you have anything? I mean, any story yet you wanted to add, or anything you wanted to, to mention about all this that you've heard? Anything? Yeah. Um, Courtney, you didn't do your accent, by the way. Oh, you didn't. Know, you Hold did. on, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> uh, did your accent too, Miles. The only thing that's popping into my head is when I was in England two years ago. Um, She's got real experience. My sister and I, we were, we were trying to go find the pub from uh, Shaun of the Dead. Nice. And so, and that's in South London. And, and like the one of the, uh, like, um, I can't think of the word, but we just kept oh, we kept just going, oi, bruv. <laughs> All right, bruv. <laughs> You know what's crazy? Yeah, England has a different accent every, yeah. like, 30 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, you sound like the people over on A Street. <laughs> no, oh, okay, this fast. is popped into my head. So one of my housemates, uh, Tim, shout out to Tim. Flatmates. Um, flatmates, one of my flatmates. Uh, he was the only British person in my house. It was it was me, uh, another two other Americans, a Canadian, and a British person. Yeah. Um, and my friend Sarah and I, we went uh, out. By the way, I, I just imagine that you had to have somebody who you associated with who had a really like, like, a, like a really different kind of name. Like his name was Corky or something like that. <laughs> um, just somebody with like a really like, oh, he's that British guy. <laughs> well, he he was the the posh British guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I remember Sarah and I, we went out shopping with him. And we we're walking around in the store or whatever, and he's just like, where is a member of staff? <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> and he just completely cracked us up, and he was, like, looking at us really weird. And we're like, I'm sorry, that's, I've never heard, because, like, usually, you know, where is their help? Or, you know, and he's just like, where on earth is a member of staff? <laughs> staff. Actually, this just reminded me. I mean, we've had this conversation, and I feel like I might have mentioned it to you, but just for the audience, right? So... Um, this basically it's the idea that Oxford English, the English that we imagine the British people speaking, the official English accent, right? Yeah. Oxford English yeah. is not at all what they spoke in yeah. the pre-independence time yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, they most trashy. They, basically, they sounded like people from West Virginia. Like West Virginia has the closest accent to what actual Shakespearean era British people sounded like. I don't know if it was. You who brought up something I read, but um, that actually 
yeah, pre-independence that, um, like, the way we're talking now is the way that they sounded. And then yeah. because of the fighting and everything, they went back to England. Some people went back and they're like, okay, we don't want to sound like them. Yeah. And so they changed their, yeah. their yeah, accent. It was an artificial choice yeah. to make that, make that change in accent. Yeah. Dude, how so does somebody the, do all that? All the posh British people are liars. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Think about liars. what it takes to have, like, a couple million, million people start, like, all right, we're it's all going to. It's not gonna... that hard. Think about it. We're if up. I just started talking like this all the time, <laughs> eventually you'd start talking like this, and you would start talking like this. It just, it happens. When you hear it enough, you start. All I pictured was the Geico Gecko. <laughs> the yeah, Geico hey, that Gecko. Was, that not was... what I was going for, but yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Kind of like a Paul McCartney thing in between. I, I See, that's one of the, there's like a thousand there's accents there's a lot, out there. Yeah. But, like, the main one that we think of, like, in movies, like, um, the way Colin Firth talks in movies and things like that's what Hugh Grant. The, what's what peop- Hugh Grant, yeah. that's considered the posh accent, the yeah. posh London accent. Um, but usually yeah. the, the more, like, local people the don't, poor, are The not, poor people. The poor yeah. people. No, but, okay, whatever. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, gosh. Well, I can share a couple times, uh, not not nearly as bad as that, <laughs> oh, but, like, yeah. kind of lost in translation things. So when I was living over in England in my room, there was a, a fireplace, but they it was no longer working, but there was still a mantelpiece, and part of it was, was um, breaking off. So the uh, handy- He lives in a real fancy spot. Well, the handyman came by, and he was fixing something else. Oh, that was fun. We had a week during winter where our boiler broke down, and we had no hot water or heat. That was fun. But anyway, the guy was coming by to fix stuff, and I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, this piece of my mantle is, is kind of coming off. Is there a way that we can fix Like, I don't know if you can use, like, spackle or something. And he looked at me with this really confused look on my face, <laughs> on, on his face, and he's like, what? And I'm like, spackle. And he's like, what? And I had to say it, f- like, five times. I'm like, spackle. I'm like, you know, like, stuff that you use to, like, fix a hole in the wall or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, oh, plaster. And I'm plaster. like, yeah. Okay, plaster, plaster, you know. The other time was I went to the store and I was getting... Did spackle mean something really awful? I I just no, I just, I just think, make, I think just we use the word spackle oh. and they use plaster. Um, but he had this like look on his face like I was crazy, like I was just speaking another language. Well, kind of. Uh, yeah. Kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then another time I was at the grocery store and I was just getting some stuff to, to make food or whatever and I was trying to find some cilantro. And I couldn't find it in the produce section. I'm like, come on. And so I go over to a produce guy. And I'm like, hey, um, you know, I'm trying to find some cilantro. And again, get that look like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, cilantro. It's like parsley, but not. And <laughs> like, I didn't know how else. And, and had no idea what I was talking about. They only go, they only know what cilantro. And apparently only Americans refer to it as yes. cilantro. Everywhere else is known as coriander. Oh, yeah. I've heard that before, actually. Yeah, that's what coriander is. Yeah, coriander, coriander cilantro. Yeah. Oh. Just like also um, God, eggplant. That sounds so white. <laughs> coriander. I mean, coriander. I feel like cilantro comes. Coriander. Yeah, like I thought it would, but Spanish-y. no, it's, it's coriander and uh, like eggplant is aubergine. 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 Oh man, and that explains French. why. <laughs> We're just like changing. Well, no, lives I, right no, now. Singhala, in Singhala, to say eggplant, it's um. Oh, God, it's, it's, it sounds exactly Close the same. Yeah. yeah I, I, dude, you know what I do all the time at my house? I say eggplant in Singhala all the time just to, like, annoy my mom. Like, <laughs> I literally just do that all the time for fun. And now you can't say and it. And now I can't think of the word. Like, I always say it. Uh, whatever. You know, the one thing that blew my mind also, we were talking, and um, so here we have the post office 
and when we refer to getting mail, we go like, oh, I'm going to go get mail or I'm going to mail something. Over there, they have the royal mail, but when they talk about getting it's their post. mail, it's I mean, post. post. I'm going to go to the post or I'm going to pick well, up I feel post. Like, but I feel for like me, that's... I mean, it's small, but for me, when I'm like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> well, I feel like America took a lot of the terms and they're like, fuck you, England. Probably, We're going to make this yeah. our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to call this mail. We're going to call this a post. So, yeah, those are some of the, the lessons that I learned while living a year in England. Still no accent from Courtney. I <laughs> wanted an accent, but uh, Oh, no, I'm happen. saying on the Wait, show you're supposed to do your thing. Courtney, say what, say what is um, eggplant? Aubergine. Aubergine. Okay. Starts with A. Doesn't sound like you it, still though. still don't know Aubergine. what it is. No, no. <laughs> no. It, 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 Can't figure it out, huh? Didn't no, no. I know what it is. You it's, looked it up. I did. I had to myself. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't sound, it, well, it's, it's umbatamoju. Oh. But it's not okay. ambergine. I would say that just to annoy my mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> do. That sounds like a fun word. I'm but a moju. love saying that. <laughs> nice. Well, we need to hear your accent. Yeah, what's your accent? My accent? <laughs> um, on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> I know. It was so much easier when we were just talking about it. <laughs> I mean, he did it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. A little bit here and there. But Courtney didn't. Yes, I did. Uh, did you? I said bruv. I was imitating Tim. I'm yeah, like, that was Way on earth that was is true. a member of staff. That's that was really you. good. Did you go to the grocery <laughs> store? That was the best. <laughs> that was the best British we had on yeah, the show, actually. Definitely. <laughs> I can imagine Tim. I loved him. If I could, if I, if Tim ever comes out here, I will bring him oh, on yeah. the show. Or if there is a way to get him to call in, yeah, you guys would love, love That Tim. would make our ratings You guys would go love Tim. Wait. There's a British person. Yeah. Everyone's going to listen now. We've yeah. legit. <laughs> He'll be fun to listen to. Yeah. Better than our trash. Trashy American, American accent. Oh, I'll, I'll play for you later. We were sitting around the living room one time, and he just started making up songs. And so I recorded it, and he created little ringtones that I put for everyone in the house. And so I'll play, and one of them... Uh, he was. Re- I was recording, and the, uh, I was talking to this guy at the same time, and he sent in a text, and Tim is singing, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, fucking da- John Damien Lynch, and he's like, he's like this <laughs> John <laughs> Damien. And I was just like, he's like, all right, you know, talk to him, blah, blah, blah. All right, well, uh, any, is there any, actually, you know, by the way, you know, I realized what? there's one thing we didn't do at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry, Miles, but it's all right. It's okay. Oh, yeah. We didn't have Miles. We didn't introduce you <laughs> Who at Who is all. Miles? <laughs> we did not introduce. Just been, tell just us this, about yourself. I'm just, I'm just Gunther. I'm just his fourth voice <laughs> that just comes in. <laughs> he brought us our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything you want to signal boost or shout out to or notify people of? Um, let's see. Um, today, America did something stupid and confirmed Betsy Devos. So... Um, be sure yeah. to fight for education more and not for guns in school to shoot bears. <laughs> and so also... cause. At yeah. least we're safe from the bears now. And also... Um, By the way, though, I mean, for all we know, Betsy Davos is somebody who's in on Ike's or Ick's whole thing. And she's, she's a lizard person. She's a lizard no, person. no, no, no. She wants guns in school. She's saying grizzly so she doesn't sound crazy. Because what she really she... wants to say is, we got to shoot the lizard people. Shoot the lizard people? <laughs> You're giving her far too much credit. <laughs> um, is, there anything, is there anything else you want to shout out? Um, let's see. Um, keep fighting for reproductive rights, women rights. It's very near and dear to my heart as a feminist. And... 
more diversity in films, especially, which is something that's also near and dear to me, as mm-hmm. Danushka knows. <laughs> near and dear to me as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Courtney, is there anything you want to signal boost or no. shout out to? No. Um, any sales at the shop you want to promote? No, we don't have any sales going on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, please uh, stop by and visit the French Confection Co. Uh, in Burbank. Burbank. On... Burbank Boulevard. On Burbank Boulevard. Uh, it is located next to... You could also use Yelp and find it. Please feel free to use Yelp, Yelp. and find <laughs> We are Google. on Yelp. You know, if you're not you going just to... Google it. <laughs> for, for Mallory's sake, I'm going to signal boost this and try to get you guys some, you know... Well, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah come on by. Uh, yeah. We're open. We'll be open again tomorrow, but we're open Wednesday through Sunday. We're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Uh, shout out to JPEG, my truck. Yeah. Please, baby, just get me home. <laughs> Please get me home. I'll get you fixed on Monday. Just last until then. God, please get home. That's all I, that's, that's it. Uh, I will just say uh, CSUDH is hosting a, a series of um, uh, keynote speakers, panels, films uh, related to the uh, Japanese American uh, internment during World War II. Uh, that's happening all this week. So there's two more days of that. Uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, there's another event being held on campus. Well, by the time this is on, tonight at 4 o'clock. That's right. So there will be one final thing happening on Thursday, yeah. all day, on campus. So check it out if you are interested in learning more about that event and the speakers from that time. So uh, that's yeah. all for um, today. If any of oh. our listeners have any suggestions for topics they want to hear us talk about or they want to let us know that you believe in lizard people or Or if whatever, you just want to join us on our show. Join us, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter email us, Ryan and Nusher, dead at Have gmail. we received com. one email ever? No, we haven't. It's okay. Yeah. I'll, we've got, I'll we've email gotten, us we've gotten I'll make followers. a fake account We've gotten followers on Twitter and Gmail. Okay. What? I mean, Twitter no, actually, and uh, one thing Instagram. Is this. I checked our followers on Twitter. A lot of them are companies trying to sell us stuff. Yeah, there are <laughs> yeah, some. But there have been others that <laughs> Dude, I'm followed. not joking. And, and the funny thing is also I checked our Facebook. Because you know, we have like apparently 230 people who listened to our last episode. Um, coll- the collections episode, and um, I, I wanted that wasn't to, the last one. Well, oh, the one before that, this. That's what I'm referring one. to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, you know, P- I noticed there's a lot of people. I want to see where our listeners are coming from. So I checked on Facebook where it tells you locations, and dude, we've got people from like China, Australia, Europe. Who like, are these people? Like, people? Let us know. Let us know. Dude, there's somebody from Kuala Lumpur who listened to us. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. I, I mean, just I, I hope these people will li- want to be guests on our show. Please, there keep are literally listening. there are literally eight billion people in the world, and we are struggling to find guests week to week. <laughs> eight billion people in the world, two hundred of them are listening to this. Yeah, we're sorry, <laughs> but please come on the show and make it better. Uh, so, Ryan, what's the song for tonight? Uh, you, <laughs> dude. you know what? Actually, I'm gonna try to find even harder. It's this one's not bad. But I want to find ones with, like, really weird names and really weird artists just to make you say them. Yeah. Uh, This one is John. No, dude. The song is called Rob Gasser by Supersonic. Yes, exactly. Rob Gasser by Supersonic. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. I heard that. It's actually Supersonic by Rob Gasser. But that's my thing. That's our joke. Our private joke is that every time, because of the first time, we're going to mix them up. Yeah. All right, so thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope you guys join us next week. Um, this is Valentine's been... Day. 
Oh, it's a special Valentine's episode. We hope we can get a guest. <laughs> any lonely hearts out there who don't have any plans? By the way, the person I asked, Erica, she told me the other day, she's, she's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. I'll be on the show on Valentine's. And she got a Valentine. Well, no, she told me that her boyfriend never does anything anyway, so what's the point? Like, she'll just come on the show. And so she said, she told her boyfriend she's going to be on the and show. And now he's like, well, no. No, and, and he kept on saying, fine, go be on your podcast. But he said that like three times. And she's like, okay, I won't go on the podcast. <laughs> So, we'll have to find somebody who's really lonely. Who will join us? Yeah. Well, we're all here. Clearly, we're the, we're lonely hearts too. So, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Ryan, take us out. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
Spanish are Dead is made possible thanks to KDHR, the student-operated radio station of California State University, Dominguez Hills. For more information about KDHR, please visit www.kdhr.net. The intro song for this show is Space Ace by Blind. This music is made available thanks to Overclocked Remix. For more information, please visit ocremix.org.